Today's episode is sponsored by Lead Pages, an easy drag and drop model to create unlimited mini sites or landing pages for just about anything, including social media campaigns or single property sites. Stop wasting time on clunky websites and try Lead Pages today. For a 14 day free trial, you can visit reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate for real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game. Unfiltered short form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to Reraw. And now, introducing your host, James Hoff. What's happening, Reraw Nation? We are back to a Friday, getting ready for the weekend, hopefully going out there, crushing some deals, playing the game, having some fun. But before you go out there and do that, thanks for tuning in to Ramble with me. We've got uh, Anthony Pirro here with... One of our big banks. Don't throw the hate out. We actually like this guy. He's pretty good stuff. But uh, yeah. he's going to be rambling with me today. Thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we're just uh, knocking out some of the fun. And, uh, you know, folks, as a, as a constant reminder to go back to rerod.com, even the ramble sessions, we give you legit show notes. So whether it's, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing that we bitch about or like the best tool on the face of the earth that we secretly reveal, like whatever it is, is going to be right there on the show notes. So make sure you head over to rerod.com and check that out. And, uh, you can listen to my, my ramble here with Anthony or anybody else for that matter. We also got sales meetings and interviews on Mondays and Wednesdays. So check those out as well. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. Um, we're here to ramble, dude. We're here to, we're here to literally just see where it goes and uh, and kind of talk about everything real estate and life and practice and whatever. So let's talk some shit. Yeah. Let's th- All right. Who are we talking shit on? Man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I don't know. I you know I kind of I kind of keep going down this path of like best practices, you know. And it's it's so funny because it, you know you get tainted by like one one deal, like one deal throws your mind into a a whirlwind of shit and then you hold it against every other realtor, every other loan <laughs> officer, like one loan officer wrongs you. And then you're like, you know what? Screw every loan officer that I don't recommend, you know, like yeah. whatever. And, uh, it's just funny. My, 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 I cringe every time I see my, my phone ring from a, another realtor right now, because I just, you know, some of the bullshit that's gone on in the last couple of weeks. And I sit there, I'm like, is this going to be another one of those petty calls where you tell me how busy you are and like all the, Oh yeah. Sorry. I've, I've got like 19 deals in escrow. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. You know, yeah. go fuck yourself. Like I'm happy for your success. Stop bitching about your wonderful problem. Like, Congratulations doing your job. Yeah. Kudos, bro. Yeah. And, and by the way, um, you could have said no or like, I don't know, shelled that business out. So like, and, and I don't begrudge anybody for how much or little business they do. Like totally doesn't matter to me. It's just like, I don't want to hear about it. You know? Yeah. Pick up your phone, say something, or say or say what's going on. Yeah, oh, it's so tough. I'm gonna make like a hundred grand this month. Like, what a fucking miserable existence I have, you know? Like, yeah. all we, right, we don't feel sorry for you. Yeah, scale it back a little. I don't know what to tell you. You know, there was there was this one. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget this. This is so funny. My wife Erin's a transaction coordinator. Uh, I, you know that. I'm telling the mm-hmm. audience in case they don't know that. Um, and if you don't know that, then you haven't been listening to the show long enough. Get back there and listen because I tell that on most of the episodes. But anyway, Aaron had one where this other realtor goes, 
oh yeah, um, every time you send me an email, I, I'm going to need you to text me because I just, I get so many emails in a day and I'm like, what? So I asked Aaron, I said, who's the agent? She goes, you know, I can't tell you, like, I can't tell you that. Cause we, you know, she works with competitors of mine. I'm like, all right, fair enough. But how much business do they do? And she's like, I don't know. I said, well, look them up. Yeah. So she goes onto the MLS because Aaron's also a realtor and, uh, she doesn't practice on the selling side, but uses it for her, her TC business. So she goes into the MLS, looks up the agent's production and she's done like two deals a year for the last three years. Oh God. And she's like, well, I get so many emails. I'm like, bitch, that's spam. And so, <laughs> so Aaron goes, Aaron goes, I can't believe it. So in one of the conversations she ends up having with this lady and I forget how it came up. It wasn't like a jab. It was a legit just, all good kind of thing. Aaron goes, Hey, I know you said you get like a million emails. I mean, what are you getting? And she goes, this is what she said. She goes, well, I want to know like every time a house comes up, man, I'm getting emails from every agent, from every whatever. And I'm going, go on the MLS. That's how you can find out like what the activity is. Is this new to you? Like, so basically the reason she gets a hundred emails a minute is because she's on everybody's fucking spam list. And like, just like, come on. So busy. I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. There's a movie, Just Friends, with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and I always laugh because his girlfriend or whatever, this pop star, whatever, is in a bar, and, and Ryan Reynolds talking to this gal that he's trying to pick up on, who's like his longtime friend, and this girl's in the background going, Chris, 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 and he turns around, and he goes, I'm busy, and she goes, I'm busy, stupid dick, and I'm just like, yeah, that's how I feel about every single person that calls up and goes... Well, I'm, you know, I'm busy. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking busy. I'm busy with my shit. Like, I could be busy with my kids or busy in a real estate deal, but it doesn't mean I'm not busy. We're all busy. Fuck your excuses. Anyway, how's that for a fucking ramble? Chime in here, if you will. No, I uh, I think I'll settle down now for a minute. Get on my little rants here. What else you guys got to say out there? Anything? Oh, yeah, that's right. They can't respond. Yeah, I mean, they can. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is like that awkward moment. I don't know, man. What kind of best practices do you got, though? I mean, you know, there's so many realtors, I feel like, that aren't continuing their education. They're not like they're not on fire. They're just they this is a job. It's not something they're passionate about. They just do it because they feel like they have to. And I don't know if it's because they couldn't make it in another business or if it's a I don't know, like, you know, what I got to say is just um, sales. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just sales originating activities. Uh, and, and what I mean or why why I say that is. You know, I think so many people have a different idea of what of you hear the word sales um, and, and it almost has a negative connotation to it. You know, it's like you go straight to that car lot, right? A hundred percent, you know, and, it, and it's so funny that you say that because, you know, I grew up on a car lot. My dad managed uh, car dealerships when oh I was gosh. a kid. So we grew up on car lots. How funny. But I'm saying that because I grew up, you know, from a salesman, you know, you you learn how to present benefit to customers. But, you know, to answer your question is, I think a lot of people um, have this negative idea of sales. But my whole point is, is that if you really focus on your activities that are going to get you a listing today or get yeah. you a seller today, or in my case, what can I do today that will get me a loan today? That That's the most proactive thing that I think agents and new loan officers and title reps. And, yeah. you know, those are the things that I think are most overlooked. A lot of people think, oh, if I build this relationship six months from now, it'll happen. No. What's going to get you a deal today? Focus on that. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, a lot of it comes from just like working backwards, right? Like what's the goal uh, is to get a deal today. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, all right, well, what what do I have to do to get a deal today? It usually starts with a conversation. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, I, usually. I, 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 uh, I, I remember as much as I, I don't want to give the guy any credit because I can hated this guy, but, um, <laughs> one of, one of the people I worked with at Callaway who shall remain nameless, um, if there's any good thing that I got from him, and I've, I've probably said this on another episode because I repeat my stories 300 times, but he always said, Hey, if you can't think of something to do, then pick up the phone and call somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always, I would always go and be like, well, who should I call? Like, call my mom, you know, like whatever. He goes, no, just, he goes, pick up the phone and call one of your accounts and just like check. In. I mean, I had 1200 yeah. accounts and, and, he, and I was like, well, which one? Like, what do I do? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, every sale starts with a conversation. It always starts with a conversation. It doesn't have to start with, uh, hey, Johnny, uh, today I'm calling to sell you 12 putters <laughs> or get our Baker dozen deal and, you know, whatever. Like, get, get 13 if you buy 12, you know? And, and it's just kind of a, yeah, it all starts with a conversation, you know? Hey, what's up, Johnny? How's everything going, brother? Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. I just want to connect and blah, blah, blah. How's, how's the shop running and all that shit? And, and it was funny because you literally pull orders out of thin air mm-hmm. and you just think to yourself, well, fuck, if I didn't make that phone call, right? So you got to, like, I, I guess, like, you kind of back into it, right? So yep. the the result is is a deal. How do you start? Like mm-hmm. you back backwards, 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 and then there's the conversation, and then where does the conversation have to go? And then nurture the relationship and whatever. Well, but how do you get a deal today? <laughs> yeah, that, starting backwards, yeah. You know, and it's like I, I think that's that's so cool because you think about it. Like, who do you want to do business with? Like, you want to do it? I mean, me. I never, I've never, I've never to this day lost a negotiation with myself. Never once. (laughs) You know, well, you're, you're batting a thousand. Yeah. It's pretty good. But But I mean, to answer your question, keep going. (laughs) It's those we want to, it's those that we like, or Mm -hmm. it's those that we, you feel comfortable with. It's those that you trust, you know, and, and like you said, it starts with a conversation. It's like, hey, man, pick up the phone or talk to the person next to you in regards to just, talk to somebody yeah be pro- be proactive and that's i think a huge thing that um you know a lot of people want to sit on their phone a lot of people um may not be as social as they used to be but yeah man well talk me, to someone so let me ask you this so you know a lot of times we get into these conversations and you could you could have like even casual talk i mean we just be sitting at a bar you know cracking cracking a beer kind of like what we're drinking what are we drinking by the way Dude, I I found this stuff about three four months ago. It's a California lager from Anchor Steam. Oh wow! I mean, shit, it's just good drinking uh, daily beer. Well, I highly recommend you pick one of these up while we're uh, while you're listening in because this is good shit. I hope you heard that Anchor Steam. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can ship that to uh... <laughs> <laughs> mailing address is <laughs> and uh, and Mr. Mark, Mr. Maker's Mark. You can also ship the <laughs> yeah, um, please. <laughs> But, you know, no, seriously, though, so, you know, you can be sitting in a bar, though, and just having a casual conversation, and, you know, usually when you meet a stranger or you're catching up with a friend, it doesn't matter. I guess the point is it doesn't matter who you're talking to. Usually somewhere along the way, there people ask, like, so what is it, so what line of work are you in, or what do you do, yeah. or, you know, what kind of hobbies do you have? Like, like shit comes up. People want to know about other people, and we all spend so much time working that it's pretty natural. You don't even have to force the conversation. So what is it that you do? And before you know it, you find yourself in the middle of a conversation. And sometimes those conversations go sideways. You start, <laughs> you start getting objections and you're like, fuck, I was just talking to this guy at a bar. Right. Yeah. So, you're like, whoa. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess I'd ask you like, you know, let's, I, I, I don't know. We're fucking rambling. Let's go down that path of like handling objections, whether it's impromptu or like, how can you always be prepared for that shit? You, that's a really uh, good question. Um, 
always, you know, if you if you really believe in what you're doing and you truly love what you're selling, whether it's homes, mortgages, candy bars, cars, freaking, you know, Girl Scout cookies. Yes. Anything. <laughs> if you if you really believe in it, you're going to want to talk to everyone. Yeah. I mean, if you know, sales is like a very introspective thing. Um, if you feel like you're bugging someone or selling someone, you're not going to be good. I mean, you're really going to actually sound like shit, to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, hey, if you if you really want to help that person get into their dream home or hey, if you you think that Callaway putter is worth that that 200 bucks yeah. and you sincerely believe it in your heart. Hey, man, you're going to sell everybody, even including Tiger Woods. Right. You know what I mean? You know, it's funny, too. And like on that note, like you want if you're passionate about something like learning more about it is such a natural like you don't even have to think about it. Like like, for example, I go to at least one contract class a year, at least every single year. That's cool. And uh, I, just, I just went to one with a couple of my team members. And one of the gals I went with, she's like, oh, this is so fucking boring. I'm like, are you kidding? This is like the best shit ever, you know? And you're all hyped the, up. You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, totally great. You know, it's like the class is taught by an attorney. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, Gov Hutchinson, who's just phenomenal. And uh, it, But it just cracks me up because she's sitting there rolling her eyes. And I'm sitting there going, this is like the best shit ever, you know? And But I guess the point is, is like, I'm so passionate about it. And it's the instrument that we work with, right? Yeah. So like you, it, when you, when you're that excited about something that you do, like learning everything you can to be an instrument of sales becomes like just an easy thing that you do. Yeah. And overcoming objections. I mean, I don't know. You, you kind of learn about the objections as you get experience in the business. There's a lot of scripts that can give you kind of the basics, but I don't know. Like, how do you figure it out? I mean, those are like band-aids. I mean, scripts work, but I mean, they're just band-aids. And, you know, I think you going to a contract class, like I, I think about that. I'm like, well, that's actually pretty freaking cool. I mean, how many agents do I know? that get stoked and excited to go do that. Yeah. Fucking one. His name's James. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But I mean, that's because you like, you view that as, as cool. You view that as informational yeah. and educational. It's going to help you. Yep. But I think that's like the biggest thing in sales. If you view your job as something that, you know, that you can benefit someone or you truly believe in what you're selling, that, that lens that you see the world that excitement that you see your contract class through yeah really shapes it you know so if you don't believe in the lens that you're seeing of what you're selling if you don't believe in that that home you're selling if you really don't believe that hey this condo is the best spot you should be if you don't believe that you're going to be really bad at selling it yeah yeah and it's funny too because you know it's, it, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that i've done with overcoming objections is like the takeaway approach you know, like mm -hmm. it's the, yeah. it's the idea of like, I'm not desperate. And, and there's, and by the way, there's two ways, there's two things I would comment on this. Number one, if you're a newer agent or you're, or, or a seasoned agent, but you're in a point in your life, a season of life where you're struggling for money and like every deal counts that much more, it's really easy to go out there and put your best interest before the client. And it's yeah. a dangerous spot to be. And then it doesn't sound like you're, the hell is this? Oh, there we go. It doesn't sound like you're passionate. It sounds like you're desperate. Mm -hmm. and, and they sense that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, customers definitely. And, and by the way, in those, in those low moments, it's, it's a challenge to, it, sometimes it's a challenge to get away from the desperation and you really have to like calibrate your brain before mm -hmm. you go out with those people to avoid it. Um, yeah, all of a sudden that's all you're thinking about. You're yeah. like, wait, how can I not sound like I really need to close this deal right now? And the, and the second part of that is like the takeaway. You know, one of the, one of the biggest objection overcomers that, that I 
kind of go to is is that takeaway approach where it's like, all right, well, whatever. Like, I don't give a shit. Don't do it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't really want to hire anybody right now. Okay. I mean, and I'm not begging you for the listing, by the way. Yeah, I just I was calling to fucking ask you a question. You know, yeah. like, it, and it's funny how quickly something like that can, like, open the door and just diffuse the situation immediately. Yeah. And, you know, it's, like, well, I don't really want to sell. Dude, I totally get that. I, I And I'm not here to blow sunshine up your ass. Like, I just wanted to ask you why the fuck the, the house expired. Like. <laughs> Why did, what happened? You know? And then okay. all of a sudden they don't know how to respond. They're like, wait a second. He's not, he's not pushing. Where's me. the hard sell? You know, it's like, oh, it doesn't exist. I just was fucking asking you a question, you yeah. know, and like, whatever. So. Yeah. Cause you know, the, sometimes whether, again, whether it's mortgage, real estate, freaking chocolate bars, everyone's, you know, everyone has their wall built up. Mm-hmm. And the moment, like you said, you say, Hey, you know what? I wasn't asking for your business. I was just curious. Yeah. They go, Oh, and then I'll, you're flipping the, the, the script really quick. Well, it's tough too because I think, and I, I guess I could be wrong on this. I mean, of course I could. I've, I've been wrong like, well, I don't want to say how many times I've been wrong. That would be open admission <laughs> in front of a, a platform that my wife has access to. But I've been wrong every now and then. It's very rare, but sometimes. And, but I think that, I think that sometimes the realtors and, and perhaps even loan officers, you know, we fall into the, we're starting to fall into the category of like these solicitors that call for donations or, the solicitors that call on the phone for like every freaking thing. It's like, hey, the sun is down. I was wondering if you needed a nightlight or, hey, would you like to switch to uh, to yeah. this cell phone provider? Like, uh, you know, or, hey, I'm calling from a, a credit card debt consolidation company and we're just seeing if you're interested or knows, you know, it's like, and, and we start falling into this, like this category. And now people hear the term realtor and they're like, oh, fuck that guy, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if we should coin like a new, instead of being a loan officer or a realtor, I wonder if we should coin like, two new uh titles you know so I you're would, not like a realtor anymore you're a what the fuck does realtor what mean would anyway? you call it what would you call yourself piece of shit no i'm just kidding <laughs> um i don't know sometimes i feel like i'm a certified asshole i just uh, <laughs> well, we already I, know that dude james. i literally i literally <laughs> tell people when they walk into an open house so i'm sorry what's your name I'm like uh my name's james some people call me an asshole <laughs> my point is you can call me whatever i'll probably respond to it <laughs> you know like it's an icebreaker that actually works quite a bit you know, I, to be honest, I consider myself more of a consultant. Um, and I, it might sound silly. I know we're in a sales position. Um, I, I don't know. I, we're going to probably go down a rabbit hole here, but let's do it. But we might as well because it's a fucking ramble session, baby. <laughs> but the thing is, is, you know, I think a lot of times we look at ourselves with, oh, we're negotiators. Are you? Or are you just facilitating somebody else's negotiation? That's right? a good perspective change. I like so, it. So when you're, when you're in the middle of a transaction or you're in the middle of a negotiation, you have to remember between buyer and seller, it's, it's actually not your negotiation. So when an agent comes up to me and they're like, dude, I, you know, yeah, I'm pretty good negotiator. I'm like, are you, (laughs) are you, are you just a good facilitator? Are you just a really good, are you a good consultant? Because I look at me as, as a, as a realtor, I look at myself as a consultant. And I think the reason most people think of themselves as sales professionals in the real estate business, which, which to my own admission, I'm a sales pro as well. I get it. But the consultation doesn't come into play because most people don't want to work with someone unless they're ready to buy or sell today. And when you start looking at the long-term play, you start looking at the, I don't want to talk to you when you're ready to go buy a fucking house. I want to talk to you eight months before that. Yep. I want to help you plan. I want to provide consultation and give you direction. And, I'm here to be a resource. Yeah, I'm a resource. That's the best word. And like, so I look at myself more as a consultant uh, and, and, and a facilitator, a consultant and a facilitator. So when we get to a negotiation, 
I think I'm strong at helping my client position themselves well, but I help them position themselves well through my consultation. Mm -hmm. And then I facilitate the negotiation based on the terms that I'm allowed to from my client. But I consult with them because it's not for me to say, well, here's how I'm going to present it. What I have to do is talk to my client and say, I'd like to present your offer in the following way. Mm -hmm. There's six different options we have, and this is the way that I'd like to go about it. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good point because you're really just saying like, Hey, my responsibility is to this person. Absolutely. It's not, it's not about me. It's not about closing this deal. I am here to represent Mr. and Mrs. Smith in their best interest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that, I guess that answers the question though. I'd be, it wasn't that deep of a rabbit hole, but I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd say a facilitator, a, um, a consultant, those, those two words, I think define it. I don't know. We got to figure out what, what for you though, as a loan officer. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's absolutely the point is, you know, you're being the catalyst between what this customer um, is desiring or what their benefit or what they're um, trying to accomplish is you're 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 bringing them to that you know if you were to be in the sales position or you were overcoming that objective objective of why they don't want to buy that home or get that mortgage or buy that candy bar and i keep going to candy bars because i you know these girl scouts keep selling me all these damn Dude, cookies you want chocolate i think we have chocolate somewhere no, no but i mean i've probably right. bought in 20 boxes of, of cookies because i just can't say no to these you know to everybody it's like hey do you want to buy some more samoas i'm like yes of course i want to buy some <laughs> <laughs> i just what's the chocolate ones with the peanut butter and are, the cookie in the middle oh my god those are my favorite the, are well I, I just go straight samoas so I, that's the coconut that the one, the coconut oh yeah coconut's garbage dude that's no like, way bro dude coconut is like putting pineapple on a pizza it's the best way to fuck up something good like absolutely you know, not i, I love mean, i love hawaiian pizza bro give me out. give me 10 pieces <laughs> <out>. right now <laughs> james this is over there's a dude total tangent here but there's a, a facebook group that i'm in and uh it's a it's a lo like a local city group for the, it's the RSM page, the Rest Santa Margarita page. And it's so funny. There's this cat in there from New York. Uh -huh. And we, do the pizza debates are vicious. Oh, and he I'm gets talking, nuts. Like fucking crazy vicious. And, Thin pizza only. Yeah. I mean, and then like, oh, that's bullshit. There's no good pizza places in California. Go back to New York. I'm like, why don't you go back to New York? Yeah. We time? don't need you. But, um, no. So I was in, I was in, uh, I was in this, Thing. And I and I, I actually stay away from the political posts and all that stuff because I just I don't know man there's too much negative in the world and I just for my own mental health and my mindset and everything I keep myself in a in a positive place and I Smart. I see it and then I keep scrolling and I'm like I'm not looking to get into a debate but then somebody somebody got me they suckered me it's like it, probably five years since I've engaged in anything political actually more than that because I haven't done it since real estate so probably seven years and. Um, I don't know. This cat put some post out there and somebody read between the lines and then twisted the words and did some bullshit. It actually pissed me off. Oh, they like, just burned you a little. Now you're attacking and now you're like attacking this person who made a post, which was basically like, hey, if we all could just get along, you know, and then <laughs> and then somebody twisted it like, yeah, if we could all get along, if you're not a racist motherfucker, you know, like, like, whoa, like whoa. easy there. <laughs> I was just saying like, maybe we could walk a mile and just like, you know, like. <laughs> Like, hey, we all love walking around the community lake and, like, nobody gives a shit. Like, just have a good day, right? And um, so, anyway, I tackled somebody uh, in there and I was like, hey, I think that we're reading too deep into this and, like, everyone just needs to chill out. Like, You're playing peacekeeper. Be... Yeah, I was like, you know, I just wish that we could all walk a mile. Like, 
alter your perspective, appreciate where they're coming from, and just kind of like play that game, right? And somebody came in there and they're like, oh, great, this is going to turn into the next pizza debate. And I was like, motherfucker. And then somebody below that commented and they're like, what does everybody think about putting pineapple on a pizza? So we went from this political debate to now we're like, we have like a sub thread that's going on. And I was like, fuck that. If you want to ruin a pizza, then put pineapple on it. And my wife's one of those people, but this is absolute garbage, like whatever. And, and dude, you got so, so much hate. No, I totally didn't. It, I literally, it was literally like, I might as well have like split the, split the aisle again and created a new political debate because then we had the people who were like, Oh my god, pineapple's like amazing on pizza. I totally love it. By the way, you could also add other fruit to pizza. And like, have you ever tried, you know? And then you got the other people like, fuck you, the only thing that belongs on a pizza is cheese and meat. <laughs> you should yeah, die. You know? like, yeah. Kiss my ass if you put pineapple on there. So it just kind of, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Hey, we're at odds, bro. I gotta say, you know, I, I like my pineapple, pineapple and Canadian ham. You pine what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple Canadian ham. Slow man. down on the beer, bro. Slow down on the beer. No more makers. No more makers. But uh, please ship that out uh, <laughs> to the following address. No. Um, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. So I don't remember what we were talking about, to be honest with so you. So I think we, it started with objections, right? What are we? What were you gonna ask? So, I, I was actually gonna ask you about your pizza preference. Are you? Are, are we going with this um, meat and cheese only? I mean, uh, no. so yeah, actually, yes. Anything with meat and cheese. My. The death of me, uh, Ballpark Pizza in Mission Viejo is my favorite place. Okay. And um, there we go. I thought I lost the recording for a minute. Um, no, Ballpark Pizza is my favorite place. Uh, one of my old track coaches from back in high school owns the joint. Used to be in Rancho Santa Margarita. It's like my cheers. Like, love fucking love that place. That's what's up. And uh, they got something called the Double Play. And uh, it's, it's pepperoni and sausage. Okay. And they, like... Their ingredients are fresh, bro. Like, it's not this, like, they slice the sausage that's been frozen for six weeks. Are we going thin thin pizza, thick pizza, I'm a, Chicago I'm hand, deep I'm, dish? I'm the hand-tossed. Okay. Hand All right. Now, I've done... Now, I had a, a, a legit Chicago pizza mm-hmm. where they put, like, the sauce on the top. The deep dish. They give you that. A good red sauce. Listen, man. Or, or as some... I don't remember if it's... It, maybe it's not Chicago. Don't kill me if, if you're Chicago and I do this wrong, but... Um, I know a guy from Philly that he's Italian and he's like, bro, he's like, we don't call it sauce. That's gravy. They put that gravy on top, you know, but anyway, uh, a deep dish Chicago style pizza and they put the sauce on top and bro. And, and I didn't order it that way. This was from another place actually, but I'm, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. The first time I ever had a Chicago style pizza with like the sauce on top and everything else underneath, bro, I was freaking rip shit. When they brought it, I literally, I'm not even joking. I opened the box and I'm like, what the fuck is this? This ain't fucking Where's pizza. Where's the cheese, bitch? That goes on top and you toast it with a little brown and like, you know, like I had like my whole thing. And I'm like, what do you mean you put the pepperoni under the sauce? This is horse shit. You know, like I got really pissed. But um, no, mine is like, I like a hand tossed okay. pizza. I like it a little crisp on the bottom, but still a little doughy in the middle. And I'm a sucker for like a good pepperoni and sausage. I'll throw a, an occasional meatball on there, just like to get switch a little crazy. It up. And then the best, but the best, if you want, if you want my football season pizza, oof, bro. You do instead of sauce, you put ranch. Now you're getting crazy, bro. Right. That's not pizza. And then they do they do ranch, and then the cheese, and then they do uh, lemon pepper chicken with a uh, with jalapenos, but. I went on the edge, and I went to my coach, and I was like, hey, I don't coach. think you came back. 
Bro, I was like, hey, coach. I was like, here's here's what I'm wondering. Those hot wings that you got over there, <laughs> could we replace the lemon pepper chicken with hot wings? And so what I ended up getting was instead of sauce, I got the Alfredo. Okay. Okay. And then they put the the spicy wings. They just like shred that up and just stick the. You hot had a wings. whole experience. And then experience. they put jalapenos in there. And then, oh man, that is the legit. Like you don't eat. Like should I get pizza and wings? Nah, put your hands together, my man. I've never heard of such a thing. I know it's pretty fucking amazing. I mean, I did something special there, to be honest with you. I I think you just revolutionized they, pizza. They call it a TKO. <laughs> That's what it's called. And then, uh, but then I put the the hot wings on it. Ballpark pizza. Ballpark. Pizza I actually Michigan. might have to go eat that after this. That that sounds like it would change my life. I might take you up there, bro. It's like the, fucking delicious. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. I I you know I was going to say. I go with a pepperoni. I go with the sausage. But here's where I get... Are we going pineapple? No. Okay, good. No, no, no. I was going to say, even though I love my pineapple, but just keeping it Italian, my family's all from Italy, from Calabria. I go pineapple, sausage, mushroom, eggplant. Oh, keep the fungus off of this. Oh, no way. you got to have the the fungi. Ugh. No, God, nothing kills a pizza faster than pineapple what? and fungus, bro. Like, wow, you so you can't win then, with you. You just don't I like mean, anything good. Why don't you just go scrape the grout next to the urinal? You can get all the shit that you want but, to put on it. That's just why don't gross. we just go get you more Alfredo sauce and and get you on that side of the pizza? I mean, that could be. You know what would be interesting is a nice pink sauce on a pizza. Wow, you know that's now you're being now, creative. Now I have a pizza oven at home. <laughs> this is so not real estate. Fuck this, but whatever. <laughs> I have a pizza oven at home, and uh, I've taken so the kids. I, here's the death of me: is pizza and macaroni and cheese. Like oh. that's why I'm gonna die by the time I'm like 35. But your I'm kids 34, love it. so I'm like almost done. <laughs> but um, but no, like, but it's amazing because the I do three cheese. The craft three cheese mac and cheese. You're welcome, craft. And if you want to ship eight boxes of that, <laughs> be great. but no, here's the deal, dude. We should we should be getting a lot of stuff in. So we got beer. Makers, uh, we have makers, whiskey, steam. and then we got um, craft. We got beer, whiskey, and and macaroni and cheese. Don't forget ballpark and ballpark. It's a good fucking day for us. Yes. So what I do though is, um, I was like, dude, what if I put three cheese mac and cheese on the pie? Wow. And then stick that shit in the oven. So now you can. Talk about complex. You're putting, I'm making my own pizza, and I do half of it with a nice pesto, and then half of it with the red sauce, and then I got the cheese, I got the sausage, and the and the pepperoni, and then on one slice because I just wanted to test it out because it's like eight thousand calories a slice, but I took that three cheese. And by the way, Kraft, if you stopped making your original <laughs> elbow mac and cheese, that's dog shit. After you've had three cheese mac and cheese, there's no going back. It's you're done. The little shells, oh, they're so good. So I put that on the pizza, and holy shit. That is why your heart stopped. <sighs> How <laughs> good had, was it? Haven't had a heart. Dude, it was unfucking believable <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's like just a little toasted, but like still creamy in there with Ooh. the with the macaroni and cheese. God damn it, it's just so good. Anyway. So now I feel like I don't even know any of, of my food. It's like you don't know me. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I thought, James, you and I were homies, and now I got... You know, craft and and I'm just a consultant and a uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and a pizza connoisseur. And a pizza connoisseur, yeah. No, anyway, yeah, I love my I love my pizza pie, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. They also do a double play with the garlic cheese bread. We do like the the uh, garlic 
with the toasted cheese and then the, Damn. the pepperoni and sausage on that and give you some pepperoncinis on that's the side. That's a good move. That's a, dude, that's some good shit right there. Damn, that sounds great. Yeah, we might have to do ballpark. Anyway, um, so objections. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yes, yeah, selling. This is a real estate podcast, right? <laughs> that was like 18 minutes of uh, pizza, but you're welcome, world. Uh, come so, on I, I mean, we really do love pizza, but we love our sales. And, and guys, I just want to say is believe in what you're selling. It, it's... It, it will make you the difference between it will make the difference for you between being an average sales man or woman in this case. Um, we don't want to offend anybody. Absolutely not. Because I believe in the power. Um, <laughs> but if it will make the difference between you being an average salesperson and being a phenomenal salesperson if you really believe in what you're saying. Um, but I mean, look, we all come across it. It's all about objections in regards to. Yeah. People say, hey, James, I don't want to buy this house. I don't um, think that I can afford this. Or um, what do you think about this neighborhood? You know, for me, um, and for, on my case on the mortgage side, it's always about, um, you know, people tell me I don't want to, you know, go through the closing costs. It might take 30 days or I don't want an appraisal. My whole point is, is customers, everybody has a reason of why they don't want to do something. Yeah, We, we all yeah. do. Right. Absolutely. And and it's not like they're really trying to convince you and me, but they're really trying to convince themselves. And that's why I always say identify the benefit, identify how that customer is going to improve their life. Buying your home, getting my, that mortgage from me, buying that chocolate bar, getting that service. Well, and just as I mentioned, like a lot of a lot of the misunderstanding, I think there is between the, the real estate agent, and like the big bank. You know, you have to remember, like. We live and breathe this business. Like this is us. We think about real estate every day, all day. It's like what we do, right? You think about loans, absolutely on houses. Like we're we're playing that game, but the consumer doesn't think that. And so, you know, a lot of times they say if you want to explain something correctly to someone, pretend that you're talking to a three year old, like who doesn't understand. That now, makes by sense. The way, nothing is more condescending than treating somebody like a three year old. So just be <laughs> a little careful on that. But no, but the point is, is you know, ask the right questions. Yeah. A lot of times it's, you know, it, and it doesn't mean that you have to assume that nobody knows anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the, the first question to ask is, you know, hey, Anthony, is this your first transaction by chance? Oh, it's not. Okay, great. So you've gone through this before. Let me ask you, um, did you have any questions or what came up in your last loan? Such okay, a good point. Wonderful. So now, now we've laid a foundation and I know what kind of experience my clients had in the past. And then when I go about something, I can say, Okay, so do you recall a loan and an appraisal contingency? Oh, what's a contingency? You know what? That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Yeah. A contingency, you know, and so now, now you can start going down that path. I think a lot of times we just assume that everybody knows what we know. Yeah. And, and we were afraid or, or, we're, or we're too like, we, we skim over stuff that we shouldn't. And you have to remember if you're doing a million dollar transaction, you know, let's back it down. If you're doing a $200,000 transaction, Okay. Someone's paying 200 for that. Someone's being paid 200 for that. So somebody's yep. either getting a loan or paying 200 cash. Somebody else is getting out 200 grand or the delta between their mortgage and their, you know, their payoff and whatever. And, you know, at the end of all this, you're talking, and then there's commissions, there's closing costs, all this shit. You're talking about over $400,000 worth mm -hmm. of money's going back and forth. Moving around. And a lot of times we look at, 
you know, whether it's a 200,000, a million, 2 million, 10 million, think about this. If you're doing a $50 million transaction, you're talking about over a hundred million dollars worth of moving parts. Yep. And take everything that you're working on and double it. And that's really the magnitude of the shit that you're dealing with. So, so I'm not trying to go on a tangent here, but to reel things back in, when you really start thinking about the power that you have and the authority that you have and what's really at stake, you, you realize how important it is to ask the right questions. Oh, absolutely. How much do you understand about what we're doing? And and then you can start getting into the appropriate, the appropriate consultation and the, <laughs> you know the way that you're going to approach the deal. Because now asking the right questions gives you understanding of where they're at, what their motivations are, what they want to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you had a really shitty deal in the... And that, that other big bank missed the, the, the deadline on the appraisal. You're like, ah, fuck that guy, right? But, you know, so now, now you have a baseline of expectations set because you asked the right questions. And I think too often we just, we have our eyes so, so like tuned into the prize, mm-hmm. you know, that 10, 20, 30, $50,000 paycheck that we forget about all the shit in the middle that's important. Yeah. You know? And like you said, I mean, keeping in mind, we do this every day. But mm-hmm. I mean, how many homes does the average person purchase throughout their life? Not as many as we <laughs> sell in a year, unless you're a shitty agent, in which case, at least three or four times as much as you. And sell. that's why you need to be listening to this podcast <laughs> if you are that agent. <laughs> and and if you are that agent, you're probably not listening to this podcast. And all I can ask here, you know what? Let me actually throw that out there. Here's here's, and this isn't a shameless plug. This is a legit plug. So here's the deal: this podcast is inspired by the agent that sucks at what they do and the agent that's not passionate, that doesn't continue their education, that doesn't whatever, right? I got so tired of being on the opposing side of a transaction of another agent who'd been in the business for three times as long, done less than half the deals and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So true. So the the motivation was, I want to start something that enough people will talk about so that other agents will be inspired to up their game in a, in a format that's not intimidating. A lot of times we think about education and it's very like, you know, what, Hey, we're, we're not talking about pizza today. You know, like, <laughs> you know, hopefully you guys can get some good value bombs out of this, but we can still figure out that like pineapple and fungi don't belong in a fucking pie, right? Yes, so, they do. But anyways, that's, that's different. Yeah. We'll argue about that later. Um, <laughs> fist fight in the parking lot or something. But, <laughs> but my point is, is, you know, that was the inspiration behind all of it. And so if, if you know somebody that <laughs> like, well, I guess, I, I guess my vision is like, people are going to be like, Hey, motherfucker. Uh, you, you know, remember how shitty our last deal was? You should listen to this podcast and you can get yours, you know? I guess that's not how it's going to go. <laughs> but what I would like is, you know, share this with other people because if word gets around, this isn't like, uh, you know, the podcast is free. You know, I got my affiliate links on here to, you know, to try to support the cause because let's be honest, I'm not, it's not like I'm sitting here giving free content away and getting rich. I'm not like pitching my own shit here. But like, if you, you know, and by the way, the affiliate links, if I can give my plug on this, the affiliate stuff that you guys see on the site is all shit that I use. So it's not like I just pulled a bunch of stuff out of my ass. Like, you know, if you support what I'm putting out there and you're going to use it anyway, then support the show. Right. But the point is, is this is free content that can hopefully help anybody get inspired and grow their business. That's the whole, that was the whole inspiration to begin with. So there's a little like throwback to episode zero. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> Maker's Mark, please ship to three zero. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. 
But uh, yeah, anyway, man. So I don't know. What else should we jump into, man? Are we kind of are we at the end of our rope already? No, I don't think so. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot more to go in regards to, you know, these these people need uh, these customers need to always be con. Everybody wants to be convinced as far as like the benefit is there for them, and they're talking to you for reason. That house might help them move closer to their job. It might help them be get their kids in the district that they that they yeah. want to be in the the benefit might be that they have the backyard for the dogs and uh you know maybe the divorcee wants 37 cats i don't know but but <laughs> maybe that's why they're getting divorced yeah know. that might be the reason that's but a lot of people like to tell you why they shouldn't do something but that's exactly why they want to be told yes you know right. um you know, I, I know my, my girlfriend loves to say, oh, I don't know what I want to eat. But at the at end of the day, I'll be like, fine, we will go to Chipotle. Like, oh, God, <laughs> my my point is, is always remind these customers of the benefit. We are not always on the same them. food page, bro. What, what? You don't like Chipotle? I'm not a Chipotle fan. So thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not love Chipotle? I mean. Oh, I mean, and then all the food stuff they went through. Okay. Oh, here, that was on the East here comes, Coast. Here comes the here comes the future attorney. Go ahead and defend Chipotle, sir. It was all on the East Coast. We live on the West. It's a great product. You cannot get a better burrito for seven sixty eight with guacamole and barbacoa. I mean, because it's that's right. You you can't because it's shit. But it doesn't matter. <sighs> well, that wraps it up today. And, uh... Well, yeah, I guess. No, um, please, Maker's Mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, I think going back to the objection stuff, you know, one of we we talk about asking the right questions. We talk about overcoming objections, but I, you know, to ramble a little bit about this side, if you ask the right questions on the front end, you'll notice that you you come across less objections. Yeah, because what you're doing in in a business like real estate is you're you're really stepping into somebody's life and. If you think about the magnitude of the decisions made in real estate, right? And look, a lot of us have investor clients, right? So we're, we, we deal with the, with a different kind of client as well. But you have the, you have most commonly the, the residential age or the, the residential buyer who's looking for primary residence, not an investment. And you're stepping into their life. Yeah. This is real shit, you know? We see everything from the hoarders to the murder-suicides to the... I mean, whether you like to admit it or not, I mean, it's out there. That happens, right? And all the way to the, the upsides because people are having babies and the downsides because people are, are empty nesters and the divorces mm-hmm. and families merging and all kinds of stuff and everything in between. And, you know, you're stepping into something that's really personal. It's a very and emotional experience. Absolutely. And so you have to ask questions on the front end and I think a lot of people are, you know, what's going to come from this, I can feel it already is, well, James, what's the list of questions we should ask? You know, Anthony, what's the list of questions we should ask? And the answer is, there isn't a list. Mm-hmm. What, what you really need to do is learn about the person. Yeah. You know, hey, why are you, so just out of curiosity, why are you guys looking to buy a house? You know, my wife and I lived in a 900 square foot condo and we decided to, to move out. We were going to size up. And... We, we owned the condo. We were making a ton of money in equity, about 75 grand in, uh, in, in profit by the time we were done. And we decided to move into a rental position. Now, this is years ago. And we did it because Aaron was leaving the employee side of being a TC and starting her own TC business. Nice. 
but so we were not only getting her home from work, but we were creating an environment where we were sizing up because we were having another child and all this stuff, right? But people need to understand the motivation. I, I'm happy. By the way, I'm happy to tell you. Yeah. So James, why are you looking to why are you looking to get this property that's bigger and more expensive? Hey, thanks for asking. Because my wife's having a baby. Yeah. And because we're trying to start a new business together, and and the equity that we make from the house funds our new business venture and gives us a buffer and whatever, right? And that to me, it's a personal question with a personal answer, but it's not the, hey, James, so how much can you afford? Yeah. Which is very impersonal and very, you know, hey, so you're looking to size up. Did you have, um, I mean, you know, what kind of budget are we talking about? Obviously, the new baby's going to add some extra expense as well. Like, have you thought through that? And then, and this is where I talk about becoming a consultant, Right. You know, let me, let's talk about your expenses, you know, and, and let's talk about what the, have you talked to a loan officer? No, we're like a year out. Hey, no better time now mm-hmm. than to talk to a loan officer and, and start understanding what your, your stuff is going to look like a year from now, right? Cause eventually we went back into a purchase position. So my point is, is asking the right questions isn't going off of some certain list of like, so how much do you want to pay? How much do you want to, what's your budget? What's this? What's that? Understand the personal circumstances that surround it so you you understand the motivation. And then when you walk into that shitty house that you're going, oh, my God, they're going to hate this, the <laughs> ugliest house I've ever seen. And the buyer's over there going, holy shit, this is my dream home. And this because, is what I want. It's because you understand what, why yeah. they are going for that in the first place. I, I think you're hitting a really big point. I mean, James, you're so on it as far as there's when you focus on the human aspect. If you focused on the, it's not about the sale. It's not about the home. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's a, we are in the business of humans. And when you can connect to them sincerely and actually have that intention, you, you, it opens the door to so much more opportunity as far as identifying the person's benefit, but also just connecting with them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the guy who, like you, I've, you know, I've got a vision of taking over the world without sacrificing my family life and all that, right? Just never want to worry about taking Tuesday off if I feel like it or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll talk about my vision of success another day. But, but my point is, if you ask the right questions and understand the motivation and re-inject the human element back into what you do, you know, you may not make as much because you're not as efficient because you're not running everything as streamlined as you could. But when you inject the human element back into a business, I actually think your long-term growth plan is exponentially higher. And you, yeah. you, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, and I've said this, I think I even said this in the, in episode zero or one of the early episodes, but, um, you know, we're in a business that's starving for humanity. And in an automated and robotic world, we're, we're ironically starving for the human to come back in. We want the efficiency and the streamline, but we need the human back in the transaction. But we're so quick to take that out because we're hungry for that check. And I always told Aaron, as, as much as I want to take over the world, if I have to be anybody other than me, if I have to dress a certain way that doesn't make me comfortable, if I have to put on a plastic smile and kiss somebody's ass... I, there's a time and a place, but I'm willing to make less money to be who I am, to help real people in a way that I can sleep at night so that I can, so that I know that I had an impact. Yep. And, and James, I think you're right again. I mean, I've said this throughout this, this ramble. You're right on, man. I mean, think about it. It's 2018. 
the need for for human interaction is becoming more and more in demand than ever before because there's less people who can do it. That's why you doing listening to these podcasts and and any other resource that's going to educate you to improve to that. The, that that aspect of tapping into the human uh, the human aspect, tapping into your better communication. That's only going to make you more and more uh, valuable in the years to come. Because like you said, everything's automated, yeah. right? I mean, we've already talked shit about Facebook on your last one, right? Yes. My point is, is life is moving in the direction to those who are willing to educate themselves and can uh, work towards be- developing those better communication skills and work towards it, identifying that human aspect will set you apart from the rest. I mean, that's how I feel. I Absolutely. Mean, and, and, you know, so so automation and, and technology, I mean, these fucking ramble sessions can go for six hours when we really start digging in. Um but, but, you know, to, to touch briefly on automation and technology in general and leveraging social media, you know, now you start going down this hole of like, well, I don't have to talk to this person because I can see what they're up to because I opened my phone. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm a believer that you've got different kinds of players on social media. You've got like the silent observer who kind of like stalks you and they're like watching, you never know. And then you've got the really engaged, interactive person, right? But I'm a believer if you're going to play with social media the right way, it's it's the window to somebody's life, but it, it's like cracking the door. If you want to break the door wide open, you've got to follow that up with like, like, are you on social media? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm an Instagram user, I admit. So tell me, Instagram's great. In fact, there's a, there's a big trend in that direction. And Facebook, ironically, is, uh, I'd say ironically, maybe it's not, but like my, excuse me, my biggest followers on Facebook are 45 plus. It's a generational thing. Yep. Now, I definitely have 35 to 45 is my second biggest, but under 35 is is not no. nil, but it's significantly smaller. Instagram's a big player in that. A lot of folks have moved to Snapchat. So let me, I'll use a real world example. Something that's not business related. What's the last thing you posted on Instagram? Um, I was at uh, City Hall getting a, a an award of accomplishment. That's why I posted last. Awesome. So I'm going to, so now I see that on Instagram mm-hmm. and I hit you up and I'm like, Anthony, what's up, man? It's James. Hey, dude, I, I just, man, I was so touched by like this, this thing and, and the award of accomplishment that you got. And, uh, gosh, I, you know, I, it, it struck a chord cause I had a friend that was in this position and like, I think your organization helped them and like all this stuff. Right. So now what I've done is I've leveraged social media, not to, not to, guarantee me business what a warm call that is absolutely right how about um you know talk about someone goes on vacation right like another guy that i know is just getting back from from hawaii hey man i I just wanted to call and see how your trip was shit i god i went to hawaii on my on my honeymoon and and i just wanted to say what's up man like what what am i missing what's (laughs) changed did you guys go to this place oh bro you gotta go to that place love matsumoto's (laughs) (laughs) but but i think what I'm trying to convey in this, guys, is that, you know, leveraging social media and leveraging the automation is not there to replace the humanity. It's actually there to add to it. So now you have an opportunity to become more engaged, not mask your engagement behind this phone, behind this computer, but rather to use it as an opportunity to be like, bro, I just want, you know, I, 
I know I loved, loved your post and I put the cute little heart and I said, hey, congrats and everything. I, I just wanted to call and say thanks, man. Like, what a cool award that you got and blah, blah, blah. So I guess I'm going to shift this now really quick to you. What the fuck is the award that you got? Who's giving this well, guy an award? Well, I mean, James, that's a, I mean, that was really cool. I think that's a great aspect. But as far as, yeah, man, I mean, don't just look at stuff, leverage it. But yeah, I, um, I'm really happy you asked. I, uh, Got a certificate of recognition from Senator Josh Newman of California and uh, Assemblyman uh, Philip Chen um, for working with the 11th Marine Expeditionary Unit down there at Camp Pendleton, giving back to the the men and women who served plus their families. Wow. It's been cool, man. The last four years have been pretty cool um, supporting them and giving back to uh, their families and themselves. Now, um, are, you, are you military or... I'm not, never served. I, uh, it's just something that I believe in and wanted to give my time back to. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. It's a cool, it's a cool thing. So the 11th Marine Expeditionary Unit's out here out of Camp Pendleton, special unit, um, that, uh, 2400 Marines strong go, uh, they go on their, uh, deployment. They go on three different ships, go wherever the United States tells them to go to, for humanitarian efforts and, of course, um, any type of conflict resolution if need be. So is this um, is this something you devote a lot of personal time to? I I did you know uh, 2014 to January 2018 I was the president of the association um, to give back to these men and women. Um, I just formally took uh, stepped away, alleviate some time, and um, that's what it, uh, it's been happening the last four years. Right on. You know, um, I think that's really neat, and you know, there's. Um, I, I think I've shared this with you in the past in, in just kind of like some of our personal get togethers and everything. Um, where I, I go to this conference every year is called Thrive. Yeah. Uh, and I say every year, <laughs> last year was my first, but I don't think I'll ever miss it again. Uh, and I'll give a shout out to, to Cole and Sonia Hatter. Uh, they're the, they're the owners and founders of Thrive. And, you know, Cole has this mission to change consumer behavior by helping as many entrepreneurs and business owners create for-profit businesses to serve a greater purpose. And, um, I mean, I, I could probably talk about this for hours. Uh, I've been, I've been impacted by this on so many different levels and I, I shared with you, uh, yeah, we're going in September, right? We're going in September. Um, in fact, if you're listening right now, uh, pay attention because in the next, I don't know, in the next short while, I'm going to be posting some information about this and, probably going to have an opportunity to give away a couple of tickets um, to this event as well, because it's, it's literally life changing in, in more ways than one, both business wise and personal. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, so keep your ears out for that. But uh, in fact, don't keep your ears up for it. Go to reraw.com and get, get on my fucking email list and then I'll harass you. And then the people who are on my email list will maybe win uh, an opportunity for something uh, great. You know, if you're not on the email list, you're going to miss out because I'm not going to tell you otherwise. So <laughs> um, how's that for suckering you into to regular harassment for me? No, but, you know, I think uh, I think it's pretty powerful what, what you're talking about here because this is something that I can just tell, you know, by looking at you when you're, when you're talking about it that you're passionate about it as passionate as you are about selling loans and, yep. and doing business, right? Like this is something that's impacting people in a real way. And if you can take your real estate business, your lending business, your title business, your life, I mean, just your life, if you can serve something beyond you, now, not, not to your detriment, okay? If you're not in a financial place or you're just, in, I mean, like, I get it. There's yep. seasons of life you have to devote to your business or devote to your family or whatever you've got going. But, if you get to a point or if you're at a point where you can serve someone greater than something or someone beyond you, 
uh, that's a really powerful thing, man. And I think that's, I think that's special. I, I thank you for doing that because our servicemen and women deserve more than they probably get. They, they absolutely do. And you know, James, you know, as, as corny as this sounds, man, is, is you're hitting on, on the head of that. I picked this up from, uh, as weird as it sounds, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I watched like this, this YouTube on him, you know, and his secrets to success, you know, he's got six, six rules for success, but, um, Love him, hate him, whatever, feeling different about him. I just, I just thought that he's an individual that I, um, really admired as far as, you know, he went from, how am I going to be a, um, a bodybuilder? Great. Now I'm Mr. Universe. How am I going to become a great actor? Great. Okay. Now I did it. How am I going to become a politician? You know, individuals like that are, you have to kind of pay attention to whether they have shortfalls or not with or without a housewife or whatever you guys want to, you know, but my whole point is, is, he said number six is you give back. Give back to something that you believe in. And when you do, it's one of the most rewarding things. So yeah. um, for me, it was giving back to our military men and women. Um, for others, it might be homeless, might be dog shelters. It might be those who are physically abused. Whatever it is, if there's something that you feel passionate about to give back to. And by the way, it doesn't have to be financial. Yeah, it some doesn't. Of it, it, some of it could be ded- dedicating your time. Yeah, that's that be, means so much to so many you know, people is your time like um there's there's one oh gosh i'm gonna sound so shallow because i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but there's one uh, another thing for veterans where they they say you can make bracelets out of the paracord and they you know they go these guys rely on that stuff and it's yep. good to have it's a survival tool whatever but like you literally don't even have to donate money if and you just you just say hey like uh excuse me, a, a fun project to do with your five-year-old. Yep. Make a bracelet. And by the way, give one to your kid. Like, who cares? Absolutely. Yeah. And you... and then just and write a letter and be like, hey, I just want to say thanks and I love you. And like, you know, we're thinking of you and sending good vibes. It means know? so much to these men and women when they're, you know, when it's been six months, nine months, 12 months since they've seen their family and they just, they get a random letter and a random piece of something to them. You know, yeah. and it's not even monetary. It's just, it means a, it means a lot. And the gesture means a lot. Oh man. It, you know, more than people realize. You never serving in the military and wanting to, but, um, my whole point is, is giving back. You, you don't really realize it until you, you do it. And again, it's, it's just, it's not about money. It's about time. And, and it's really cool to see. That's really cool. Well, thanks for, for your contribution to that. And I hope that, uh, I, you know, I hope if you're out there, just, you know, find the inspiration that I, and I don't want to get too too nuts on this, but you know, God, if you just put some good vibes out there, you know, you I don't want to get political and religious and and like you know take my take all this stuff and spiritual and all this shit, but you know the reality is is like if you just put good shit out in the world, it's just I mean it's just better, you know. Don't uh, stop putting stuff out there and expecting a return, you know. Just just put it out there and receive what comes back in whatever form it comes. It may come in 10 years. It doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Put stuff out there and be thankful and be thankful for what you have. And if everything you have is taken away, then be thankful for what you had and be thankful for the opportunity to start again. You know, like just, I just think we got to give, we got to give more and we got to be in a giving mindset and a giving place. You know, we're giving our consultative services. We're getting rid of this entitlement. Mom and dad didn't hire me to sell their house. Well, did you earn it? Because nobody owes you that, you know, like just, mm-hmm. you know, and that's Jesus Christ. That's a ramble for a whole other thing. But, but the point is, is 
you know, get get in a positive mindset of contribution, of giving back, of something above and beyond you, and and reap the rewards. Uh, dude, I I think that I mean I could ramble for hours with you about just this, but I think that's a good place to kind of wrap this up. So if you got any closing thoughts on on rambling about that stuff, let's let's. I mean, you're coming back to ramble with me in like a minute. Because, I'll be here, babe. I'm right <laughs> here. It's, this is good stuff. Um, but I mean, do you have any closing thoughts on that or? I, I just say, you know, pe- people, I'm really happy to be here with you in, in regards to find what matters to you um, and, and give back to it. Because in this world, we reap what we sow, what goes around comes around. And what I mean by that is in the best light. Do the right things. Keep moving forward. Only good things will come. All right, everybody. So that is from Anthony Pirro. And I got to tell you, all of his stuff, all of his contact, you want to connect with him, you want to connect with me, all the stuff's in the show notes. So make sure you go to rerod.com. This has been an awesome ramble session, man. I appreciate you being here with us. Um, we're we're going to have to do this again in like the very near future. Like it could be five minutes from now for all I know, but um, <laughs> we'll have to do this again in the very near future. I appreciate it. And uh, for all you listeners out there, head to rerod.com. We've got all kinds of tips, tricks, resources, everything at your fingertips that you could possibly imagine. And uh, search for previous episodes. Find value and content that's relevant to you and the place that you're in. And as you go into your weekend, I want you to remember, ask the right questions. Think about your client. Put somebody else before yourself. Remember, as much as you're in sales, you're a consultant. You're an advisor. You're here to help other people and, and, and facilitate something for someone else, right? On their terms, that's best for them. You know, serve them first, reap the rewards. I always say this, but if you protect your client's best interest before your own, then everybody wins in the end. Now, obviously do that legally and ethically, but you get what I'm saying, right? So, and then the last thing, the last thing that I don't say enough, but you all better remember this, is real agents work and you absolutely cannot afford without a second to not be one of them. Be the agent that is out there working. Real agents work. You need to be one of them. We will uh, we'll catch you, I guess, on the Monday sales meeting because it's Friday, baby. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. James Hoff, your host of Reraw. As you probably already know, listing leads are the crown jewel for agents. There's an old saying that says those who hold the listings have everyone else working for them. Hence why listing leads are so valuable. But the acquisition cost for a listing lead is far more expensive than a potential buyer. And sadly, these leads are rarely exclusive to just one agent. Fortunately, Offers.com has all of us covered. I personally use them to target likely to list homes, and what's best is that my territory and the leads in it are mine exclusively. Offers.com is leading the way in predictive analytics for real estate. Not only do they verify high-quality leads, but they have exceptional tools to help you with your follow-up and nurturing by providing you things like market reports or hand-addressed letters that can also be sent to your prospects, to name just a couple. The strategic approach Offers.com has to identifying prospective home sellers takes a lot of the guesswork out of who you should be targeting for your next listing. If you're looking for listing leads and you're tired of paying for a shared lead, contact Offers.com today and see what they're all about. You can actually set up a demo with my personal rep by visiting www.reraw.com forward slash O-F-F-R-S. That's www.reraw.com forward slash offers. One last time, 
That's rerod.com forward slash O-F-F-R-S.